Alright guys, welcome back to Time To Be Frank. Uh, today we got an awesome guest. His name is Christopher Toiloy. Or, I'm just going to call you Chris. Chris Toiloy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No. Um, he's a stand-up comedian around Columbus. You can see him at the Shrunken Head on Mondays and Fridays for open nights. Got a lot of other show dates. You got any specifically you want to plug coming up? Um, yeah, I'm in Kentucky. If that matters, does this reach out to Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky Doubtful, Kentucky. but maybe. Here in Kentucky, I will be at Kentucky um, Institute of Technology and Ashland University with a great lineup of comics. Uh, my buddy Damon Darling will be headlining that. I'm at Juniors, I think, this Tuesday. I haven't signed off on it yet. I'm supposed to be doing it. It's like a impersonation theme come I gotta do Cat Williams apparently for five minutes, <laughs> so and I don't think I can do that but I might be there and then I think that's all I have for November as of now as of now yeah all, always more stuff coming up in the pipeline, you always get right? booked at the last second kind of thing. I'll be like I need you next week for a show so that's usually how it works yeah that makes sense alright so we're gonna be getting into kind of Chris's experience with stand-up comedy uh, we're also going to be talking about comedy as a whole and kind of where it's at in our culture today. We're going to give some recommendations, too, for uh, some of the best stand-up specials that yeah. we both have uh, seen. So uh, stick around for that because, you know, I think it's always nice when you're a fan of comedy to have more uh, more material to check out. And then, uh, yeah, it should, be, it should be most of the show. So thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, so I guess, Chris, to get started here... Mm-hmm. What uh, what kind of inspired you to get started into stand up? Uh, that's such a hard question because I've grown up around like, like I said, I saw Dave Chappelle when I was like in second grade, like live in person. Yeah, no, like I saw Killing Them Softly. And I was okay, like, I got it. Why I want to do this? And then I think my aunt made me made me sit down and watch George Carlin when I was like in like fourth grade. Uh-huh. I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. Like you get paid to just say stuff like that. Do you do you have a specific George Carlin special that you think's really good? All of them. All Every, of them. Everything he's done is phenomenal. I think the last one, what's the name? The one he did right before he died might be my favorite. Okay. And I'm trying to remember the one. I don't remember the name of the one where he does his whole bit about abortion. <laughs> and it's a phenomenal bit about the you probably have heard of chicken are good people. And that's it. I, was, I don't know if I have. I've heard clips I'll send, of Carlin. I'll send you the clips. I think yeah. it's saved on my phone somewhere. Okay. But everything George Carlin did was phenomenal. That's why he's a legend. And then just being funny. I was always funny in high school, and I was always told... I, I was supposed to start stand-up when I was, like, 19. I think I, I was going to sign up for a mic and just never went. Yeah. So I don't like speaking in front of people, actually. Wow. I get really nervous in front of people when I have to talk. I do I do remember you as kind of a class clown in, yeah, in high school. Yeah, I didn't take anything serious in high school. Nothing was serious. Well, and that's a good perspective yeah. from hindsight. Like, I still I graduated, wish, so... Yeah, there you go. I made it. I wish I'd taken less seriously in high school. I, you know, you, you get those grades and you're like, oh, this has so much to say about my future. And then you realize you can go to community college with a 1.7. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped out of that too, but yeah. Yeah. And the, I but got an associates and then dropped out, but yeah. it's College wasn't for me, man. I yeah. remember my first, no, it was my third day. I had a professor. Uh, I don't remember her name. She was a bitch. She was really <laughs> mean. And she said... I missed, like, two assignments. Uh-huh. It was only two days in. I'm like, this is... In high school, I could miss, like, half the fucking... Some quarter, and I could still make it back up. Yeah. Apparently not in this bitch's classroom. I missed, like, one or two writing papers, because she was giving out every day. And as I said, this is the third day of class, and I already missed two papers. And she looks up... She looks at the room, and she says, I just want you guys to know, some of you guys aren't going to make it, and I think you guys should just drop out now. And she was just staring at me the whole time. She didn't move. <laughs> and I was like, 
I know who she's talking to. And then I dropped out. I literally just was like, fuck it, I'm not coming back. She, She's the teacher. She knows. Yeah. If she doesn't think I have a future, then why waste my fucking time here? That's, I mean, that's, that's kind of evil, man. She that's... pulled me aside before she did that. Like, hey, you need, like, I don't think you're going to make it through this. Because, like, you've already missed two papers. And I was like, I'll make it up. She's like, I don't do that. I was like, oh, all right. Well, I'll take it more serious from going forward. But then she said that. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, no. Like, never, I, I never went back. That's unbelievable. They got my money. One semester worth or so? Yeah, I think I one semester worth. I think I dropped out after, like, I did one semester and I dropped out. So you so you go to college. You're kind of planning on um, doing stand-up at 19, but you just don't make it out. What what turns that corner and, and gets you to, to go to an open mic? When did I go to my first? I went when I was 25 with my first open mic. I just was, I was at a point in my life I was at a really fucking shitty job before. I'd actually know I started a new job. But I was at Giant Eagle as a manager, and I was like, this is my career, I could live with it. I made decent money for, like, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And then I just got depressed, and I was drinking, I shouldn't say, I was drinking every day. <laughs> and um, I started watching so much stand-up again. Like, I, f- I fell back in love with stand-up, because this was a period where I really didn't watch it that much. And then um, Dave Chappelle came back in 2016, when he finally did his comeback. And I was like, I think I should just try it. And then my girlfriend got pregnant, and I was like, well, you need to do it for, give it a reason. So I was like, I'm going to just do it for my son to force myself to go. And I went, first set, I did actually okay. Um, and I had watched, too. I, before I went, I went for like three weeks and watched comics at the open mic. So I can kind of study, like, what they do, cues, movements, like, how they act on stage, and how they bail out sometimes, how, what to do if they're bombing, which it doesn't matter, because it doesn't, it won't help you. <laughs> no matter how much people you watch bombing, it's just, it, it's going to happen. And uh, I just did it, man, and it worked out great the first time, and then I didn't go back for three weeks, because I was like, I need to write something new, which is a bad idea, and then I just stuck with the sense. Hmm. Well, when COVID hit, I quit for six months, because you couldn't do, there's nowhere to perform. Yeah, and that's different. When COVID hit, actually, I wasn't going to come back to stand-up, because I was like, I'm out for six three or four months before COVID hit, and I, I wasn't doing very well. I was like, I'm going to just quit. But then I came back, because I kept writing. Mm-hmm. And then I came back right after, like, my first night back from COVID. It was in August. I went to a stand-up competition at Mansfield. And these were comics I'd known. I was like, these guys are funny. And I won. And I was like, oh, then I'll keep doing it. Well, damn. So how, how many comics were in the competition? Probably six or seven. That's, yeah. Damn. We had to do 15 minutes, I think. <laughs> yeah, I had to come back and from going from five and do like ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen compared to five is a. That's, from five, what I understand, five is a lot. long time to yeah. be up on stage. If you're like new at con- five minutes, feels like twenty seven minutes. Like it's if you're not doing good, five minutes is rough. Yeah, because you got you got to get the jokes to keep going. Like if people yeah. stop laughing, the thing is, it sucks about open mics. It's I work on new shit all the time. Uh huh. So if my first joke doesn't hit, there's a good chance you're about to lose the audience. They don't find you. You have a very small window to win them back. Luckily, I guess I could say I've done it long enough where I kind of have jokes I could dig out. And I'm like, oh, hold on. And then I know how to control the stage. You could demand them to get your attention. But in the beginning or for new comics, sometimes if you don't have three or four jokes you can rapid fire, or if you can't do crowd work, it, that five minute, like you start getting hot, you're sweating, you start stumbling on your words. Can you do crowd crowd work at this point? Like, do yeah, you... I do crowd. I do. Uh, I try not to, because it usually just involves most of us are just mean to the audience. Yeah, nobody does crowd work. Like, I like your shoes. Like, it's mostly like, yeah, you look like you 
know your way around like a hard drive or something. Like, you know how to delete a hard drive really fast if the cops came. Like it's, it's shit like that, and most people don't. But you only do that if the audience is just being shit. At that point, yeah, I'll bail on my set and just start talking shit for like five minutes. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you're, you're talking before we started recording. Big J Okerson is like kind of the, the best crowd work comic in the world. Definitely watch him on Netflix. And check him out on Spotify. He has a, he actually just has two albums called Crowdwork Sessions. Crowdwork Sessions. Yeah. And he just does all crowd work. Does he mostly just make fun of the audience, you think? No, he has a Sometimes he will, but he has a gift to just like ask them what they're doing. And then he'll just start telling stories. He's a great storyteller. Some of his crowd work is probably pre-written. Like he knows how to gear up. He's done it for 20 plus years. So there's no situation he's not ran into where he could talk about it. But it's just like I watched him when I got to open for him at the Funny Bone. And just watching him. It just felt like he was like just hanging out at like a campfire, just telling you stories. It felt so organic. Which isn't that like the the show that he and Dan Soder does is like the, the camp, bonfire, the yeah, bonfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're uh, yeah, they're pretty funny. Um, okay, so then, so you win this stand up comedy contest, and that kind of reinvigorates, gives you confidence that you mm-hmm. can do this. Is it, do you feel like a lot of it is like, because from my understanding, no matter who you are as a stand up comic you're going to face quite a few bombs. Do you think yeah, a lot of it is like fighting to believe in yourself and believe in your jokes? I just bombed last, this Friday, actually. Well, I probably, I, didn't, I don't want to say bombed, but Monday, last Monday I bombed. That's a straight up bomb. I fucking, yeah. like I couldn't wait to see the light. That was, that's when it's <laughs> rough. And even when you get the light, you have one minute. If I see the light and I'm like, I'm out of here, then that means it was a rough night. I did that on Monday. It sucks about open mics is, it's not an audience that's there to see comedy most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it, you could bomb. Like, I did a show down at Wiley's Comedy Club down in Dayton. Killed. Mm-hmm. Great set. Came back here to Columbus. Like, I got an applause break, so it's probably one of my best sets I've ever had. Came back to Columbus at the exact same five minutes at an open mic and got no laughs. And I was just like, well, it's just the room. But then all the other comics before me were, like, not doing well. It's just, that's just part of, like, comedy. It's just, you got how do I explain it? It's such a hard thing to explain. Well, like the big the big guys, because people already know who they are going into the yeah, show. Yeah, they don't have to fight for attention. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But like, like when you go, like I said, when you do a comedy club, I don't have to fight for the attention because they paid to be there. Mm-hmm. So they already want to see comedy. So more than likely, they're going to laugh. And out here, it's so like, with the new age of people like I do, I wish you would have listened to my set. I open up with yeah. a big fucking joke and it makes people uncomfortable. But then I kind of tie it in to bring it funny. But sometimes you'll see people who they want to laugh, but they won't laugh. And at open mic, if they you'll see them chuckle, but if they look around, and people aren't laughing. It doesn't spread. Comedy club, one person laughs, it spreads because it's like that's what you're there for. That's the beauty of doing it in like an actual club. That makes sense. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. So, what what are some other like experiences or stories that you've had uh, in the last couple years here? Uh, stand up. Yeah. Like, any, any, like, particular one-night stands out, kind of a cool experience that you've had? Big J. Okerson, that was an awesome I got to spend two nights with him. And just hang out with just him? hang out with him. Was he day. very down-to-earth? Super down-to-earth. Well, hands down, one of the nicest people. He doesn't act like he's, like, a celebrity. Like, he's just genuinely the nicest dude. He'll offer you, like, drinks or, like, if you want to smoke with him. That's all he kept doing. Like, let's go step outside and smoke. And he, was like, <laughs> he was telling me stories about, like, New York comedy and, like, the comics he meets, like David Tells and the running into Seinfeld and all of them, it's just like because he sees them every night. So yeah, he and he's, he's over here telling me these stories, and I'm just like in awe. I was like, dude, I like listen to you every day, and I get to go on for you in like seven minutes. This is awesome. And he, that's probably the best comedy night I've ever had. 
Um, worst comedy night is I got to open for a guy I really look up to. His name is Travis Charles. He's a comic. Okay. Fucking hilarious comic. Mm-hmm. He's a Dayton comic. And he used to open for Burt Kreischer. And he used to be with Nikki Glasser all the time. And if you know who, you know who Burt Kreischer is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The machine. The yeah. And I was so excited because he booked me on the show because he saw me on an open mic. And I get I did good. Well, this was a... Was on Mother's Day, which I should have knew was a bad idea because nobody goes out to comedy shows on like days like that. Yeah, and we had. I got there and I was told by my friends who've done that venue before, like it's a great room. They had like thirty, forty people. It's so intimate. I get there, there's like seven people in the audience, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. So I go up there and I do my same shit he saw me do, but this time I got like ten minutes, no laughs, just bombing in front of someone I idolized so bad, and it was so embarrassing. I got him to laugh hard at a. A rape joke I wrote, which blew my mind because they wouldn't laugh at anything else I said. Uh-huh. Brought that joke in, and then I did my closer, and I got laughs, and I got off. And that's probably the worst night in comedy, because that's the one time I was on stage. I was like, I'm about to just walk off stage. That was not that. That was back in May. That wasn't even that long ago. What What do you think, like, <laughs> motivates you to keep, keep going when you have those nights, though? Because th- those nights are so far in between. I have more better nights than I've had worse nights. I just, it's just comedy. It's part of the... You, like, everybody has a bad day at work. It's just like a bad day. Just like a bad day yeah, at work. Yeah, it's all just a bad day. If I quit every time I did bad, then we wouldn't have comedy. There'd be no stand-ups in this world. That's very true. Yeah, if you quit when you bomb, then uh, we would never heard stand-up comedy wouldn't exist. Now, when, when you're killing up there, when people are laughing at your mm-hmm. jokes, what, what does that feel like to you? I don't know what heroin's like or like <laughs> or crack is like. Yeah, but that's what it is to me. Uh huh. Like you get like a body high when I'm on stage and you're doing good. I don't even see faces. Like it's like I'm in like a tunnel vision. Like I'll lock eyes with the audience member to make it, but because you're supposed to kind of look at audience members. I get off stage. I didn't even know their face. It's just a weird thing. Um, like if you play sports, it's kind of like that. Like freeze and shit like that. Yeah. Like my buddy was like, "Did you see me?" And I was like. I didn't see. He's like, you looked at me. I was like, I wasn't paying attention, honestly. There's like so many faces in the audience. I can't just single out one. But yeah, that is the best feeling when you're killing. Like, nothing tops that. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. It's uh, like I I've acted in stage <clears throat> plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. And me and my twin brother, we actually we write. Give us one. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we write screenplays. We've made two like home mm-hmm. movies, and um, we both. But like the genre we like the most is comedy. Okay. And so, how is your brother, dude? He he's doing pretty good. Yeah. He's uh, you know, he's works for State Farm. Okay. He's writing a short story uh about um, have have you ever heard of Heart of Darkness? No. It's so or Apocalypse Now. I've heard of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Okay, so that movie is based on a book called Heart of Darkness. And he's writing a short story called Fart of Darkness, okay. which is a reinterpretation of, uh, you know, Heart of Darkness. But, you know, kind of like a, the twist is instead of being the focus on like the evilness of humanity mm-hmm. and, and the darkness in our hearts, it's the stench of humanity and the oh, smell of our farts kind of thing. Where do you guys do the plays at? So, well, so we wrote, wrote screenplays. We haven't done any stage plays, but oh, okay. we may write one uh, one of these days. Like, I think we want to okay. do that. I have, an, I have a finished script that we haven't made into a movie that's a tennis comedy mm-hmm. called Till the Last Ball Drops. Mm-hmm. And um, that one's pretty good. But his, so his fart of darkness sounds very juvenile. And, you know, in some ways it is. But it's actually, 
his best piece of work by a mile. Oh, really? Like, his, it, like he just uses very, like, expert language mm-hmm. to, like, convey different parts. Like, just very good language mm-hmm. while just talking about this topic mm-hmm. of, like, farts and shit like that. Um, so... It, I I really like it. Like I've read most of it. He's probably about eighty percent done, and it 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 kills me. It I like think he has to write them. So he's been writing this for like two years. Oh, we shit. we wrote um, till the last ball drops. I wrote in about a year. Mm. It's like a sixty page screenplay. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so that one's a lot of fun. And then we wrote a movie before that that we actually made called Thirsty. It's a seventy five minute home movie oh, wow. about. Did you post it online? Uh we. The, the, is this one of the private home videos of you guys are never going to see the daylight? Well, it's on Reddit at some point, but mm. that's about it. Okay. And I don't know if it's findable at this point. But okay. we, um, he had cancer, diabetes, and AIDS. And so the only I way... I got scared. I thought your brother did. No, oh not really. God. Oh, God. Not really. <laughs> that would be terrible. You stop focusing on writing and get help. <laughs> yeah. Go to a fucking doctor at that point. Also, yeah, he had diabetes and AIDS? Yeah, in, in the movie he did. Um, and he... The only way he was going to live is if he drank the Holy Grail. So mm. we our, our philosophy was like, oh, well, the... Because, like... I don't know. I can't set up all of it. But basically, we said the Holy Grail's in Kentucky because mm. the Bourbon Trail, for some reason, that makes sense. Mm. So then we go on a road trip to find the Holy Grail to save him from the cancer, diabetes, AIDS. Uh, and that's, like, the plot of the movie. Are you guys just, like, goofballs looking for the Holy Grail? Kind of. Like, how great would that be if just two idiots found it after all these years of, like, scientists and people dying trying to find it and just some guy with AIDS stumbling <laughs> that would That would be pretty funny. Yeah, it's uh, it was a good time to make like. There's something about like storytelling in general, and mm. then like being able to convey like fun thoughts to people. It's like I don't know. It's definitely something that I particularly enjoy. Like something that mm. that it's I don't know. Like being able to both have somewhat of a message, which that one did not have much of a message, but somewhat of a message while entertaining people. Does he die? He does. Yeah, there's no Spoiler message. Spoiler alert. Yeah, there's no message. In this there's thing. no... No matter what you do, if you have Well, so he out. actually... So, the end... <laughs> we're just going to spoil the whole thing. The end is, like, he is going to... He is dying, but then I'm, like, fighting this Arthurian legend professor to get the Grail to save his mm-hmm. life. And then I get stabbed, but I get it. And then I take it to, to save his life, but then he rejects it, and I'm, like, passed out, like, dying... So then he, like, because only one person can drink from it. So then I actually drink it because he wants to sacrifice for me because I've sacrificed a bunch for him. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a message. Oh, that is that. kind of a message. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's also a, a lot of stupid bullshit throughout it. That's the message. What? People with AIDS are just careless. <laughs> that's, all, that's the message. I mean, that's what the, the baby would have you thinking these days, so. He's not wrong. <laughs> Okay. You got it for a reason. Let's be honest. Put a condom on. I mean, Dave Chappelle. Unless you get know, stabbed by a needle. Too. I guess we get stabbed by a needle. Yeah, you could get stabbed by a needle. I mean, you know, the other thing, too, is like, you can't plan on everything. No. Well, when a gay guy gets AIDS, it's just not, it's like, oh, I'm not shocked. <laughs> You're dabbling. You know? It's like if a Marine gets shot, it's like, well, how do you do it? He's fighting a war. Well, I mean, yeah. 
But the, but there's a lot more like advanced like medicine at this point where yeah you could you could take it's not like it was in the 80s and the 90s anymore. no it's not a death sentence which mm-hmm. thank God it's not because if you have an adult you deserve to die no but they have like medicine you could take now where like if you get exposed to it within 72 hours if you take these pills like you don't there's like a 90 percent chance you don't catch it shit it's called pep I learned pep. about it at my job yeah like it's like a course of pills you take for 30 days and it just like blocks it from replicating in your body. Not like a ninety percent efficiency or effect, whatever the fucking word is, yeah, it works. So, that's that leads into something. So, with working, because mm-hmm. stand up isn't like your your full time job, right? No, nah, I wouldn't. I'd be homeless. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have any money. So, what is that like balancing work and like you know stand up? What is that like? Working stand up's not hard. Working having uh, my fiance and a kid is fucking hard. Yeah. Because I have to leave them. And stand-up isn't, like, a daytime thing. Like, I'm out working until 2, 3 in the morning some places. Because once you're done with stand-up, you interact with people. The comics, we love to go out and get drinks, and we'll just start spitballing ideas and bits and telling each other, I like this, take that out. And before you know it, it's, like, 2 in the morning. Yeah. And then I figure, like, I got to go home. I have a family at home. And I there was a period where I was doing it so much that I'd go 2, 3 days without seeing my son. And yeah. I had to, like, pull back on it, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's rough, but I mean, everybody's kind of kind of come to their own. Like, like as an adult, you what you figure out is you have to make sacrifices in one way or another. Yes, and you got to and you got to choose what you're going to pursue, and you kind of got to live with the consequences of uh, different actions. But mm-hmm. that's just how life goes. Well, Nate Bargatze had a great podcast. Oh, I fucking love him. He was just in Columbus. My friends went to one. Yeah, I I didn't um, see that in time. He says that if you have a family or a wife. They gotta know. They gotta accept what you're doing because you're. If you're not doing stand up five times a week, you're never gonna make it. Mm-hmm. And I barely. I was doing stand up five to six times a week. It was pit to the point where I only took Sundays off. But I've pulled back now because I'm getting. I'm not in the beginning anymore. I get booked now, so which is nice. So I don't really have to be out every single night. Mm-hmm. But I still try to do it three times a week at the minimum. Well, and that and the difference between three and five is huge. Two days, you it's, know, it's, huge it's pretty big. Stand up, yeah, it's really huge. Like. That extra two days could be you perfecting a joke that you have to do on a Saturday at a show. But I mean, like I said, I have a family too. It just it's it sucks, but like you know, I gotta balance it. Yeah, it's a balance. It's yeah. a it's work's not that bad though. My job's super supportive. What do what do you do? I work at LabCorp. I, uh, I I'm a courier for the man. Moment. I just pick up urine tests. Is there a more st- stereotypical like science? name out there? LabCorp. No, it's literally LabCorp. Yeah, I guess the symbol is a little DNA strand. That's what it is, yeah. I mean, that sounds like something out of like Fairly Odd Parents. It sounds like a, like a, like you ever watch like the Sci-Fi Channel, like some low budget. Yeah, yeah. Films where like it's like Dino Man versus Alligator Face, and it's like that something goes wrong at LabCorp, and like the serum leaks out. Or, or yeah. the amount of creativity that went into that name Zero. Is, is the same level as anybody who was writing Avatar came up with Unobtainium. Unobtainium. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. That I, no thought process. No, none. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, LabCorp, Laboratory Corporation of America. It's a good job, though. So, so you help people like with blood tests? No, I just pick up the tests and drop them off at a lab. It's really nice. I just drive around all day. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's my company car. Actually, they let me take it home. There you go. Yeah, can't complain about that. No, that's. I mean, finding a good place to work is it mm-hmm. really does help with like the whole uh, work life balance. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I'm a. What do you do? Door to door salesman. Sucks. For Spectrum, it's That's okay. Rough. I couldn't imagine fucking having to convince people to buy shit. Yeah, well, my thing is this: is like, 
I can't. I didn't mean to say I can't. Sucks. I just I I don't. I, I hate when people knock on my door trying to sell me shit. So I can just imagine like you have to do like the happy face like all right. Hey, this is Spectrum. Like, how many people shut their door in your face? Like, oh, a lot. See, I would hate that. That's, but that's the thing. It's like, I think it's kind of similar to like bombing in some way. You, like, yeah, you better make them, better fucking hit them quick so they don't close that door on you. You got to, and then you're there's unavoidable. Yeah, there's unavoidable rejection, and you just gotta let that like slide off your back and keep going. You uh, like Spectrum Internet. Yes. I don't like you guys. Well, I had you guys for like a fuck bit, off, and you guys it just kept shutting off on me. I went to Wow. Is it great? Yeah, Wow's well, pretty good. So it's in the name. It's in the wow, name. Wow, it works. Yeah, I don't know. Wow's I've had Wow in the past. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I I don't feel like there's too much of a difference industry wide. Um, you guys have better rates on cable packages. Right now, yeah. yeah, we have good rates, but. I mean, whatever. It's 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 a job. It, it gets the job done. No, it's a gift. If you could do door to door selling anything, kudos to you. I could never. I I can't be super aggressive though. Like I'm not one to be like super aggressive. What I try to mm-hmm. do is I try to present what like th- there's you know everybody knows that there's such a thing as spin, and I'm trying to present the positives, mm-hmm. the benefits available, um, and give people that option mm-hmm. and like. What I'm trying to do most of the time is like get them to listen to me mm-hmm. to the point where they actually hear what I'm saying mm-hmm. rather than like force it down their throats. Because if you try, if you piss the person off, mm-hmm. they're going to reject you even more so. Yes. And so you have to be. And my thing too is like people can see whether you're genuine or not, whether you're sincere in what you're mm-hmm. saying. Like, so I try to be sincere while also highlighting the positives of what I'm saying. Do you guys get into like fist fights with like the AT and T guy if you guys bump into each other? No, but I would, dude. One time, I was uh, I was on the south side, and this lady, like, I knock on her door. I'm like, hi, I'm with, you know, Spectrum, whatever, mm-hmm. and she just starts cussing me out, like, get the fuck out of here, like, you guys keep knocking on my door. I maybe knocked on her door once before. I don't know, like, I. Don't remember. What's her address? I, I no. Clue. You should show up once a week. Just get like the little glasses with the fake mustache and the nose, and just to fuck with her. Yeah. And just keep changing your outfit and dress up as different people like once a week. There you go. No, she was like in her like. Maybe she'll buy it from me. She's like that's determination. Well, yeah. <laughs> she might just cuss you out. Some people like that, but know. she made it clear she doesn't. Okay. She was gonna try to fight me. Like she was like a 58, 59 year old lady. Yeah, took her. And she like, she like. After I left her front porch, she came back out, started yelling at me three houses down. It's like, I'll, I'll fuck you up. You come here again, I'll fuck you. What? You know what? Right now, did I'm you, coming. Do you have to like save her address? Like, don't come back to this? I, I did. Oh. I, I, you disposition everybody. I mean, that's that's just part of the gig. But uh, I was like, I, I was kind of scared a little bit. Because like, I, I just... South side? Yeah, that's not... Yeah, I don't. I just don't want to like. I don't want to get in a fight with people, especially like a fit. There's no winning with like I was a fifty year old lady. Be a fifty year old woman. Why? I would fuck her up versus like a young man. Yeah, but know. like you're not winning that. Like, I mean, you're you're you you're winning physically, but like, is it really a win when like everybody gives you shit about like even? Hey, no, if, I wouldn't say I did it. What? I just wouldn't say I did it. Well, I mean, there there's one way to go about that, but get out of any scenario you're a salesman you should know this i mean you can and i got out of that scenario but like you know i'm not 
I'm not going to be like Joe Alpha up in there, like just telling everybody, because I just don't think that's the way to live either. Like you got to, you got to like pick your moments, like be confident in yourself, know who you are, stuff like that. But then also like, you don't have to be a dick about shit either, you know? That's that is a sales. Actually, like when you were talking about like being true and like genuine, that's actually like, I had an ADT guy come to me and saw, he convinced me to buy because I just felt like he genuinely cared about my security. Yeah. I doubt he did, but. You know, well, it, it, I bought it. He, you know, here's the thing. He he doesn't know you on a personal level. There's no way they mm. can, but they can genuinely believe in the product and believe that it could help you. Yeah, he probably I, did. I and if they do that, now I've been watching a show called Dope Sick. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's a new show about uh, OxyContin. Oh. And there's part of the show is about salesmen actually for OxyContin, and so they're getting convinced by this terrible drug company. That what they're selling is non-addictive, and what you know what I we. Say, that's the, I feel like that'd be the father salesman. I'd rather sell in the oxycontin. I feel like it just sells itself. It does sell yeah, itself. This is the best commission I've ever made. Well, but here's the thing: it's not to customers. They're selling to doctors. Oh. Okay. Right. So they have to convince the doctors to prescribe it mm-hmm. because it's not like you know it's not like selling crack on the streets. Mm-hmm. It's you're you're getting the prescriptions prescribed by the doctor, mm-hmm. convincing them that. That is what they need to give their patients for their pain or things it's like the that. Most, that's like one of the most it's, addictive narcotics ever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And they had a label from the FDA on this drug that was like basically like it's less than one percent addictive or whatever. That's not true. And it was just basically a lie. But you know, if companies are dishonest, then mm-hmm. the salesmen, you know, even if they're telling you what the company tells you, they're you know dishonest, and mm-hmm. that's so uh, you know you try to. I, I think you try to do your research, your due diligence on um, what you're saying. But in this specific situation, though, these guys are, like, genuinely being told all this positive shit about Oxy mm-hmm. being, like, this miracle drug that's non-addictive, that can help people's pain. And behind the scenes, you have this company, this fucking scumbag corporation who's telling, who's just straight up lying to America and, like, getting people hooked on these pills. Most corporations are known for being honest, right? Yeah. I mean, They're trustworthy people. I'm, I, yeah. No, that's that's 100%. Yeah, true. Like, it's just... I don't I don't like corporate America to begin with. Too. But yeah. that's, that's you know, it's part of dealing with adult life. But um, kind of like to, to get back more into comedy. Yeah. What do you think... So we kind of talked about before this how like... Early 2000s comedy was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Chappelle's kind of at the peak of his game. Mm-hmm. Chappelle shows on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some other good comics at that time. But then kind of mid-2000s, it kind of falls out. Uh, and you get Dane Cook, who's... Well, I actually... I put not the worst. Category. He actually is a really good comic. Dane Cook's I, I don't know about really good. He's a re- Go back and watch his early shit before he got really famous. Okay. Fucking phenomenal. His Do- club shit, fucking phenomenal. Do you think there's a level of fame that comics get to that they just have to get worse? Yeah, look at Kevin Hart and Dane Cook when he hit his. Dane Cook was Kevin before Kevin. Like Dane Cook popped and he was Employee of the Month. Movie, yeah, started making movies. Which Hollywood. I watched that recently. Fucking it's awful. It's uh, awful. It's bad. Movie. Dan in real life's good, and but it's not really. Dan in real life's not bad. Yeah, he he popped and then he had to sell out. Yeah, because when you get that big, it's like uh, like Kevin Hart says he he can't. If you go listen, if you can find old videos of Kevin Hart, mm. this motherfucker said some really disgusting shit on stage. 
But he can't do that now because he says if I get fired, it's not me. Get, if I get canceled, I don't get canceled. Just the two, three hundred people that work underneath me get canceled. Yeah. Because then I can't pay them. And I was like, that's fair. That's why he has to do what he does now. But yeah, I wouldn't want to be that famous in the first place because there's no freedom to do what you want to do anymore. Yeah, there's definitely and and a lot of comedians talk about it too. There's when you lose anonymity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just walking down the street and people recognize you. And especially when they give you shit mm-hmm. for things you've said. like mm-hmm. It's not fun. It's not I fun. get I get that sometimes in Columbus very rarely. But I know there's people who've seen me perform before. And when they come back or they see me at a different spot, I know they don't like me. They say it or make it clear. Which kind of fucking sucks, but I mean. Yeah, you kind of got to live with yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like whatever. I mean, it's free. It's a comedy. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of wild. But then... So kind of recently, within the last five years, we've got this birth of this cancel culture. Yes. And I, I would even say earlier, I want to say 2013, 2014 is when it really started happening. What, what, what signs did you see then that you think... That's a great... Um, what would be a good example of someone who finally got canceled? Well, Louis got canceled in what, 2016, 2017? Yeah. So that's in the five-year window. Let me think. Uh... What do you what do you think about Louis C.K. Like he's on tour now again. I watched him when he came to Columbus. He's a legend. Was he funny? He's one of the best stand-ups I've ever seen. So I've heard a lot of good things about his new stuff. I got it. My one and it's I have it. It's phenomenal. My my big thing with like that whole situation is like so obviously what he did was he like jerked off in front of people, yeah, um, or or on the phone. He asked for permission. Yeah. They said yes. And legally, it it doesn't sound like. Any charges have been pressed, to no, my knowledge. You can't, because they said they, they, they. The big thing is that they're saying that he. Only reason he asked is because he knew they would say yes because there were young female comics. Yeah. And like they thought it would help their career. Yeah, I mean, Which but if he asked me to jerk off in front of me, I'm like, well, yeah, that's, it's funny. <laughs> I write so many jokes. I would think that's the funniest thing ever. Uh, it, I mean, yeah, as a guy, it'd be kind of like it's weird. It's okay. weird, but whatever. Do I get a show? I mean, I, I, I would not be into it, but like, uh, I would just look, I would just be on my phone. Though. I would think it's funny, uh, that he even asked Sarah Silverman talked about it too. And she said like, she said no. And then, you know, they just went on with their, yeah, he wasn't like, all right. He was like, that sucks, but okay. There, there's some like, it, it, I mean like the moral problem with it, I think is like you have that statutory like power in some mm-hmm. regard, but you also have the power to say no. Yeah, but I think the thing for me is, like, there's got to be a way to, like, forgive people. Like, if, if we can't, like, and, and let people live their lives and shit like that. What he went through, I think, is really fucked up. Because in, in his eyes, in most men's eyes, mm. he didn't do anything wrong. It, in his eyes. weird. Yeah. It was fucking weird. I'm sure he didn't want people to know about it. Yeah. But he got consent. Yeah. I mean, it's a, obviously it's like kind of a sticky situation as yeah, far as good plan works. <laughs> yeah, but like the the morality of it's like you know kind of weird. But the 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 thing the bottom line for me is like he should have a way back to like like make his money, make his money. Like like he's not the same as Harvey Weinstein. No, he was like, you gotta fuck me for our movie role. Yeah, he didn't ask like, hey, do you want to fuck me? Yeah. And maybe I'll put you in a movie. I don't know. Yeah. Even if he did that, that's still wrong. I don't think Louie promised these girls anything. No. He just asked if he could jerk off in front of them. Yeah. And he's, I mean, it's it's a weird thing, but, you know, he, he, he like, had to go through so much shame and shit like that. And they, and some of the girls 
may have gone through some stuff with that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, it's changed the whole landscape of his career for sure. He's back. He's uh, doing theaters again. So yeah. He's making his money. Yeah. And, his tickets are fucking expensive. And, like, it's, it seems like it's, like, a lot of people are, are accepting him. A lot of people are, like, opening the door. But a lot of people, like, are, he, he's not in mainstream like he was back early 13, like 14. Which for him, too. He Probably. You're he's, right. not, he's not one of those people who likes to be in the limelight anyway. So this might have actually, in the long run, been healthier for him somehow. Yeah. Because now he just has his fan base dedicated to him and likes him. Versus him being, like, in movies and shit and getting more famous than what he was. Yeah. Like, it's kind of died out now, or some people probably have no idea who he is at this point. That's that's true. Yeah. But then some people, like, loved his old shit, and his old shit was fucking good. I have him on my list. We gotta do the list. We will do the list here in probably, say, ten minutes. Okay. Alright, so Aziz Ansari. You heard about his situation. Yeah, that was, sounds like a, it was a bad date. It was a bad date. Yeah. I, I completely agree. But the amount of fallout that he had from that was kind of... Really shitty. Wild. Yeah, it was really shitty what happened to him. Yeah. And, and he doesn't even seem like the type of guy who would be a piece of shit, to be honest. No, like, from all I've seen, like, I mean, even behind the scenes stuff, like, he's a pretty cool guy. It's he, He's doing the right thing, though. He just disappeared. Yeah, he took some time off, and then he, like, I, I, I've seen his new stand-up, mm. or at least part of it right now. I haven't seen it. And he talks about some of that stuff a little bit. Um, but then, like, so that kind of leads into, I mean... So the new Dave Chappelle special, everybody's talking about it. Yeah, uh, I've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. I think it's not that funny, but and I I think you said it's not that funny either. It's funny, but it's not his best work. I just it's just not. I watched, I laughed at it. He had great jokes and great. There were jokes mess, throughout. Message of a yeah. stand. It was. It's not what I walked into from his previous work, but I don't hate it. It's just not like I always tell people. All his Netflix specials are great. But his best special is not even on Netflix to me. So, like, my favorite piece of work from him is uh, For What It's Worth. For What It's Worth. Yeah. And it's not on Netflix. It's my favorite special of him of all time. So, yeah, yeah, that's one I got to check out. Um, yeah, I, I I tend to agree. Like, it's just kind of a message throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. 60 minutes of him talking. And he's got, like, 15, 20 jokes throughout. And they're pretty good jokes. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, jokes, laughs per capita or whatever. It's not... It's not last for minute, his last per minute. Yeah, it's yeah. not uh, not his Fun most fact, prolific. He one. has one of the highest last per minute, and Dave David Tell has more than him. David Tell. Yeah, I see. I need to check him out a little I bit met more. Him. He was here early this month. Fucking hilarious comic. Yeah, Probably one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, I I got to see more of his work, but but then the message is like been obviously very polarizing, where you get. A lot of people are like, you know, there was the the walkout at Netflix, mm-hmm. and he's even been responding to some of that where, you know, he's, like, his new documentary got kicked out of a bunch of film festivals. And so, like, a lot of people are saying, like, he's not, he's not been canceled. And I think... You can't cancel this. You can't fully cancel. Yeah. But I think what people are learning right now is that the canceling kind of is less, like, whole mm-hmm. and more like it it happens in segments and like different yeah, he'll lose a certain part of his fan base but he's gonna he might you might lose some listeners but you're gonna gain a lot more on a different side too well like shane gillis yeah when he gets fired from snl he gained a lot of fucking fans for that show. i think that was his biggest career that move was the best thing ever happened to shane because <laughs> nobody knew who the fuck he was until that point yeah and now he is huge he in in that <laughs> 
that podcast that he got canceled for, I, I just tuned in you because I heard about it. And I'm like, this is funny as fuck. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> they told him that he was probably going to be okay, but they got so much backlash, they're like, yeah, we can't do it. Yeah. Which is so shitty. Yeah, that's... What do you, what do you think of SNL these days? It's alright. Um, I think the best era they had was when they had Kristen Wiig and Jason Sudeikis and Bill Hader and... Um, I mean, that was good. Who else? I liked Farley a lot, though. Like, oh, you like the stuff. 90s, like the original... I mean, the, I just think Farley was funny as fuck. Farley and Sandler and those guys. Yeah, Sandler. What's the fuck is the other guy's name? Fucking... He's in Girl Notes. Uh, David Chris Spade, Rock. Chris Rock, David Spade. That was a Norm McDonald. Yeah, they had a Norm McDonald. Yeah, one of the great. R.I.P. I, I cried the day he died. Actually, yeah. that broke my heart. He uh, it, he did not give a single fuck. He didn't even tell his family he had cancer. Oh nobody God. knew he had it. His son, nobody knew. That's why. This is like the most Norm McDonald. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I was like, that's funny as shit. He thought he thought that was hilarious. He, yeah, like he, there's I no way he, he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> well, he does. He did a special called um, "Me Doing Stand Up." And he talks about battling cancer in it for like a five minute bit. Huh. And I think it was around the same time because I said he had it for nine or ten years. It's the same time I think he found out he was diagnosed with it, which is funny to me. Huh. If you listen to the bit, it's him making fun of people for, or, I won't spoil it, but it's like, he talks about how like he battled cancer and he's like, did you really battle cancer? It's like a whole bit about, you don't really battle cancer. Like, mm-hmm. You don't battle cancer. Like, you don't shake hands at the end like you won. But that's the whole bit. I was like, I wonder if he's talking about himself. It's a fucking great bit. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. There's a th- Brian Regan, which this is not oh, in my Regan, yeah. this is not in my like recommendations, but like I have OCD, and Brian Regan has one of the best stand up bits on OCD, where he's just he's like I don't know, he just uh, gives like five to ten minutes where he's just talking about OCD, and then he just twists mm-hmm. like what his obsession is into the joke. And it's, I, I don't know, I, I thought that was particularly Joe funny. Joe has a great bit about that, where he hates when people say, I'm OCD. Uh-huh. Because it's like, you're not OCD, you have OCD. Like, I don't go to people and say, hey, I'm genital herpes. <laughs> and it's a great bit. Like, ah, that's a good point, that's fucking funny. I'm genital herpes. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that is a good bit. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think the interesting thing... The, the thing that I think is the most important right now with this whole, like, place that we're at with comedy mm-hmm. is, like, protecting the ability for free speech. And, like, yeah, we can disagree with people. We can get offended. But I think the world is a rough place. And we're kind of building this expectation that that everybody lives up to some sort of cultural expectation. And yeah, that. when people good. fall short of that... They're, you know, they're terrible. They are the the perpetrators of of what's wrong with our society, so, supposedly, right? Yeah. And I think it what it prevents us is from having a real conversation where when we're able to have real conversations with people we disagree with, people who mm-hmm. um, piss us off, then we're able to actually have productive conversations. Like, that's that's my, been my experience. When we're able to deal with, like, you know, when we're talking to each other and we, even if we view each other as scumbags, but we're able to communicate respect mm-hmm. and like get, a, get through shit and actually talk about the real shit mm-hmm. of life, you know, that's when real conversation happens and that's when progress happens. And I think the problem that we're, we're seeing with like this thin skinned, like 
quick to take offense like culture is mm. we can't get into disagreements. That's a good example. Like I have a, even if you, I've had people in audiences, not just for me, but other comics. The moment you mention trans or gay on stage before the joke even starts, uh-huh. they check out because like this guy can't hear this. He's gonna shit on them. Like, but the joke could be from a gay person telling you about his perspective, mm-hmm. but they don't want to hear it because it's hate. It's hateful because it's it's like trigger words that they were people are trained to hear. I was like, oh, I can't hear this. Like you can't say jokes about certain people anymore because it's triggered automatically. We're like, ah, society says I can't listen to this, and then they just check out and it sucks. And that's that's a great point. The trigger word that like they just tune out. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, if you listen to the intention mm-hmm. and, and like what somebody's trying to communicate, it's really not as much something you disagree. Like most people disagree. I got with. called transphobic two weeks. No, nah, about a month ago now. I have a great bit about Caitlyn Jenner. Uh huh. But she immediately. It's not even about her being trans. It's about her being a piece of shit of a human. Yeah. For like, she killed somebody in a car accident. Nobody seems to ever want to fucking bring this up. Uh huh. And but she got off. When I got off, she was telling my buddy. She wouldn't even confront me. Like he's a hateful man. She's like that was not a transphobic joke at all. She's like yeah, but he can't be talking about him. He's like he wasn't. He was talking about Caitlyn. And I had a Dave Chappelle fucking shirt on, of course. Mm. And she's like, well, look, <laughs> he, he's he, he supports Dave Chappelle. He doesn't like the trans. I'm friends with the trans comic. It was one of my favorite comics I've ever heard in Ohio. Uh-huh. I don't hate anybody trans. The joke was just about Caitlyn being a fucking terrible person. But she checked out as soon as she heard me bring up Caitlyn Jenner. And it fucking sucks. Well, and that's... And that's, like, the And thing. it happens all the time. Yeah. Because, like, if you just see, like... We know, each as individuals, that we are both good and bad. A mixture of both. Mm-hmm. We do things. We fuck up. But we also do things that we where we serve and show love towards other people. Mm-hmm. We're a mixture of both. And sometimes, like, it seems like there's this new stance that once you do one thing too wrong, mm-hmm. you can't be seen another way. Right. Like, people cannot see the good in you if you do one thing too far. And people can't see... It. And the thing is, is, this is actually a complicated world that we live mm-hmm. in, where people are going to do good and bad things all the time. And we know that about ourselves, but we can't see it in other people. Like, even those people who just automatically see evil in a person after, like, you know, one thing happens, um, they know within themselves that they fuck up, and mm-hmm. then they know they also do good things too. All right. And so that's, that's where it's like, I think... We're losing the ability to get outside of ourselves for a perspective, mm-hmm. to have real conversations, to see people as they are, as human beings, rather than as, you know, you're either a lover or a hater. Well, I think everybody's both. Yeah, not a lot of people know this, but uh, Hitler actually started UNICEF the week before he died, but it's overshadowed by all the shit he did before. UNICEF? What's UNICEF again? I think it's like a thing for kids or sick kids where you donate money to them. That's fucking wild. I made that up. That's not true at all. Okay. Yeah, not true at all. God damn. Yeah, I don't... You I, got me. Fuck. You were really into it. Like, oh, look at this. Yeah. It sounded German. I mean, you know, it, you know, you you say it confidently enough, it's hard not to believe it. Yeah, I know. He didn't start... He was a piece of shit. I don't think he did anything good before he died. He might have pet his dog or something. I don't know. Oh, I mean, if he if he had gotten into art school, who knows what would have happened? That'd been great. <laughs> that would have been phenomenal yeah. for the world. Yeah. So, somebody, there's a story about in World War II when he fought that there was a soldier who had him like they were all, like had him at gunpoint. Uh huh. And he put his arms, he put his gun down and didn't shoot him. 
like Hitler tells that story, and I was thinking, God, if I could have pulled the trigger, like how much better would the world have been? Yeah, like, you never. You, that's just crazy. Yeah, if Inglorious Bastards was a true story, maybe that'd be maybe the world great. would be a slightly better place. Who knows? Yeah, that's my. I just rewatched that like a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's a good movie. One of the best movies ever. Yeah. Django. I actually really love Django. Django is fucking good. Yeah. It's so funny. I didn't like The Hateful Eight, though. I didn't like The Hateful Eight either. Good call. It, it was long it just and drawn been, out, and it just didn't have enough substance. It could have been a stage play. Like, why make it a movie? It could have just been nothing. I yeah. was mad when I played it. It just never made it. All right, so I'm going to bring up my list here um, of comedies, or st- stand-up specials. Um, why don't you... We could alternate. So, uh, what what's... We we each made a list of ten stand up specials that we we both really appreciate. Mm. Um, ten of our favorite, in no particular order. Um, so, what's what's your first one here, Chris? Uh, my first one is gonna be Dave Chappelle for what it's worth. For what it's worth. Yes. And what do you think makes that one uh, stand out to you? For one, first stand up I ever watched that I understood. Um, and it was the first stand-up I ever watched where it made me laugh and made me want to become a stand-up, so... Inspirational. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. My, my first one, um, I like Dimitri Martin a lot. Dimitri um, Martin's funny. Yeah, he just, he's very clever. He's got the, the drawing aspect of his comedy that, mm. like, the way that he plays into the jokes with his drawings is I great. See, he's so dry, but not. I can't explain yeah. his style. He has his own unique style. And if if you don't like super offensive humor, which I don't I don't totally understand, but if you don't, he's up your alley at least because yeah. he's not super offensive. Um, he just he's just funny. He just makes observations about life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got Dimitri Martin live at the time. I like a lot of his work, um, but yeah, I got live at the time on my list here. And uh, yeah, if, if you haven't checked him out, he's got some stuff on Netflix. Um, he used to have that Comedy Central show that, that I thought was pretty fun. good. Yeah, that's that's a great. Uh, what the fuck was it called? Yeah, Dimitri Martin. It's just about him helping people for stupid fucking reasons. Well, and he would like give like a a very, like he'd have like a, a word of the day. Why did that go off the air? I actually used to watch that. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was a good show. I can't remember what it's called at the moment. Uh, what's one? Of, what's one of your others here? Um. I would go next would be another Dave Chappelle killing him softly would be my next one. Okay, I got that one too. So we're going to go two for on that one. Okay, then I'll go next. Well, wait. What 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 did you like about it? Everything. It's one of his first works. I think that's his first HBO special actually, I think. Yeah, that's and right. it was just a young raw Dave Chappelle. Like, he was so unpolished, but it was like perfect. I so I just listened to it like mm-hmm. three hours ago. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, I I think his commentary on white people is white like people that like hate baby his, is fucking hilarious. His white voice is one of the funniest things. Like his he wife, does, and he does that. He when he was if you go back and watch Young Dave Chappelle, uh huh. His vo- his jokes would always end. He would do like a like a white man's voice. He's he'd be like, um, what's an example? And then he that? finds like a name too. He's like Bobby. Yeah, he he'd be like, so I'm in the club and I'm hanging out with my white friends. That's how he <laughs> that's how he does it in his young days. And it was yeah. weird. Like that's how he always would switch to like, yeah, I'm hanging out with my niggas and then we all went to the club. <laughs> that's literally how I just find that funny because he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, which is weird. That was his thing. 
Yeah, his his uh, talk. He talked a lot about police, mm-hmm. which it reminded me a lot of like the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, and that was back in like what two thousand. Two thousand, yeah, way before the the movement got big. Um, but he talks a lot about his friend Chip is like Chip. driving. Yeah, I think I just watched Film Soft again like two days ago, and he's like, "I really? didn't know I could do that." <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he just tells the cop, "I didn't know I could do that." And he's like, "Get out of here!" And he's like, "I did know." I could do that. <laughs> Everything about that stand-up special was fucking hilarious. Yeah. You have to watch it uh, for what it's worth. That's for insane. what it's worth, I'll, I do have to check that one and out. it's free on YouTube. What's another one you got? Next would be Dave Chappelle, Sticks and Stones. Sticks and Stones. And that's where he kind of really opened up the, the jokes about the trans community. Yeah. yeah. What what else do you think like sticks out from that one? Him opening up the gates for <laughs> this fucking new part of his life. Like, yeah. We're going to watch Dave Chappelle disappear again. Because he, uh, he said he's not doing a special for a while. So it's like... You know, this is like him taking his break, but it's like. But he is opening up a, a comedy um, club in, yeah, out in Yellow Springs. Springs. Yeah, yeah, we're all excited about that. So yeah, you gotta. You, I'm gonna try to. Go you're gonna try to go yeah, down I'm there. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure he's gonna have open mics there, so that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. To go there, maybe hopefully performing for the day would be fucking phenomenal. You know, I saw him in person once, uh, like in Yellow Springs. What's he doing? Just walking around. Just walking around. Yeah, he's like a normal person. Though. Yeah. Yeah, I, there there were some kids too that threw rocks at us. That there's a good chance that they were Dave Chappelle's kids. They threw rocks. At you. Well, so we were we were in this like ravine area of um, Yellow Springs, and there's not many black people in Yellow Springs. Yeah, it's just his family. I it's think. pretty much yeah. just his family, and so these like twelve year old kids are throwing rocks at us from like three hundred or well, probably. 300 feet away or whatever. 300 yards like holy shit. Nah, maybe shorter than that. Like 50 feet away probably. Okay. And they're throwing rocks at us and we're like, what the fuck? Like, why are you throwing rocks at us? But yeah. then like later we're like, there's like no black people here. That could be Dave Chappelle's kids. Dave Chappelle's kids. They might be racist. Well. Do you have a black kid with you? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're not racist. Yeah. Who knows? It's still cool though to say. I mean, I'm, I'm also of the opinion that Almost everybody's racist. Yes. If not. Yeah, we all are racist. Yeah. Everybody's racist, yeah. And, and Shane Gillis, so I'll, I'll go Shane Gillis live in Austin. Okay. He, 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 like, Is that his new one, right? Yeah, yeah that's his one it. on YouTube. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. My friends can tell me to watch it. You've... I've been down this Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle rabbit hole for like a month. Yeah, well, you need to check out live in Austin. It's free on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. fucking funny. But um, he, he's like, wait, wait, he says something like, Racism is, is like, oh, it's like hunger. He says racism is like hunger. Mm. Yeah, you're not, you you might not feel racist right now, mm. but if if a hamburger cuts you off on the highway, oh. you're probably gonna be a little that's, racist. That's a funny bit. I'm gonna watch it. And then he, and then he's like, and, and that hamburger was Jewish. In case you were wondering. And then he's like, no, no. It's whatever you thought in your racist little heart. <laughs> oh, so that's funny. Then you start thinking, like, I wasn't thinking of a Jewish guy. Yeah. yeah. I was dying. I had Somalian in my mouth. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty funny. I, I think Shane Gillis is, is fucking hilarious. Um, he, he has, like... Like, I was dying throughout the whole thing. I've watched it, like, three times at this point. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to listen to it on my way home. And I'm, I'm, I've been dying from it. Um, what else, what's another one you got? Um, I'm gonna go next. Daniel Tosh, People Pleaser. Okay. 
Is it was that before Tosh point oh or this like after? This is twenty sixteen. Okay. And he just does the offensive humor, but it's so goddamn funny. Yeah. And his whole "I don't give a fuck" attitude about any because he's like, "I'm rich. Like, there's nothing you can do that hurts me. Like, I don't need to do this. Like, I don't care." He just he he's like the most stereotypical like just asshole looking and sounding dude. Yes, he. Yes. He's funny though. I he's I like so him. So goddamn funny. I do like him. I don't have him on my list, but uh, I've definitely been entertained by him. Um, I got Jim Gaffigan, Mr. Universe. I, How old is that one? Is that the one where that's, he talks about Jesus? That's older. It's I think it's like 2012. I think it's like it's... I don't think it went earlier than that, but he has a great bit about Jesus in one of his earlier stand-ups. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, I mean, he's just... Kind of his stuff blends together a little bit for me, mm. but I think he's solid through and through. Mm. But like, I think his earlier stuff is a little bit better than his newer stuff. But I mean, through and through, Jim Gaffigan is very funny. Yeah, I mean, like, it, I I particularly like the way that he like comments on his own jokes from mm. a on an audience perspective, mm. and the voice he does with that. Like, yeah, you his know, voice is fucking hilarious. Like. Oh, how could he say that? Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, you, but it's to be funny. he's, that's not, that's not funny. I think that's terrible. He, yeah, he, he does a good job of making fun of himself as he's doing his joke. It's a weird how he's able to kind of tie that together. He's also got kind of like a weird life too with having, he's Catholic, has like four or five kids. Mm-hmm. And then like, he's kind of clean comics to that extent. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think like. My my personal belief with comedy is like, the best comics can do both, like they don't have to be super dirty, mm-hmm. but you know, for the sake of comedy, the best comedy sometimes they will. I but get if they as only a dirty say comic, but I've actually won clean comedy competitions, so there you go. It's it's, just a, it's about I guess how you do it. But yeah, you got to be able to write both for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I I mean I think sometimes when somebody like feels like they're just a dirty comic mm-hmm. and then they just say the word like uh somebody talks about tracy morgan like saying dick a bunch or like pussy or something like that that might be donald glover yeah that I sounds right that. and it, and it's like if you're just saying dick to say mm-hmm. dick or to like to like saying dirty words just mm-hmm. for shock value i don't think that's funny like working them into a joke yeah. that's funny yeah that's funny so that's kind of my thing with like, I think like, if if you if you want to see the best comedy out there, you can't be offended by much. No, <clears throat> but best comedy comes from open mics and shitty nightclubs. Yeah, before people make it. Before you people see make people it raw. Like if you go catch Dave Chappelle at a fucking bar somewhere, you're gonna get a raw fucking dirty performance. His special. Fun fact: They edit a lot of these specials. That oh yeah, might be cleaner than what he was gonna air. <laughs> Usually, how it is, a lot of shit gets cut out of specials. Yeah. So, I mean, I believe that for sure. Oh, uh, who do you got next? Uh, who did I say? Daniel's watch people pleaser. Next would be uh, Norm Macdonald. Me doing stand up. Okay. When did that one come out? Me doing stand up probably dropped two thousand and eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. I've heard some. There was one where he did like just comedy like audio bits. That's on Spotify. Oh, God, that yeah, one's on pretty Spotify. good too. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, I think it's on my Spotify. Yeah, but what what what's he? 
so you talked about a little bit me doing stand up. Yes. He talked. Did he talk about cancer at the time? He had a great cancer bit on there, which is fucking hilarious. And I like that because he, I like Norm because has a weird, dry sense of humor. He does. And such a weird way to like make you look at things in a different way. Like, yeah, that is stupid. He plays an idiot, like, very believably, but you can... Nah, he's but fucking he's, smart. He's shit. smart, yeah. Yeah, he's and you smart. can And the way that he pieces that together is fucking He always is thinking, like, I don't know, I don't know. It's fucking, you know, and then he was like, and then he's like, he'll say, I don't know, and he starts talking about it extensively. <laughs> and then he's like, I guess you kind of did know. And he's like, I don't know. That's just how it is, I guess. I was like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I love his... I'm an idiot, but I'm smarter than probably everybody in this room about what I'm talking about. And yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he, he just does a great job with that. Um, Ali Wong, Baby Cobra, have you seen that That's one? That's the one she did when she was pregnant, right? Yeah. Didn't watch it. I'm actually not a fan of Ali Wong. Really? I've seen some of her earlier stuff, like on YouTube. I don't hate her. I just didn't get into her humor, like her comedy. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, obviously a lot of this is subjective, so everybody She's a woman, different right? Taste. Yeah, she that's is. why. Yeah. <laughs> I... No, so I, I generally I like her acting. She did a movie I thought was fucking always be my maybe or whatever. Yeah, I want to see Such that. A fucking great movie. Maybe I should watch her stand up. I just never watched it when it dropped. So like I, like I don't like that many female stand up comics because mm-hmm. I just don't like I like Eliza Schlesinger a little bit. I think I don't she, like her. I I like her a little bit. I'm not a fan of her. I don't like Whitney <clears throat> Cummings. Whitney Cummings sucks. Yeah, I, I don't like oh, her. Oh, I never get famous. Amy Schumer, from her stuff I've seen on stand-up, don't like her. I don't like the fact that there's so many bits she has that they might have been stolen. Yeah, that that's... That bothers me. And I, I don't know if... I can't... I don't know the woman. Sometimes I write a lot of jokes that my friend will be... Actually, this happens all the time when I'm, like, spitting a joke. Someone's like, I wrote something very similar to that. Here's mm-hmm. my... Here, this is what I wrote. But some of the shit she stole... Well, I don't know if she stole, but... Too similar to a lot of her friends in comedy. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's what I've heard too. I but I, I think Ali Wong, like she just she's I don't know, she, like she gets my sense of humor more. She just she's just kind of bold the whole time when she's mm. up there. She's talking about wild shit. She's not very like she doesn't really hold back much. I'll watch it then. So I, I'll put it on my list. I like it. Uh, Baby Cobra. And I think the fact that she's pregnant during the set, like, kind of adds to the comedy of it. Like, and the way that she's... T- she So, she's like... She, like, basically makes the point at one point, like, why are why are we, like, trying to, to work more? Like, as women, why are we trying to get equal pay? Like, I'd rather stay home... And just point. hang out. It's a fair point. <laughs> I'm like, fair point. it's funny. I mean, it's funny. It's it's not like whatever PC, but it's funny as shit what she says there. So, uh, Nate Bargatze, we've talked about him a little bit. I like Nate. the Tennessee kid. Tennessee kid's fucking hilarious. Yeah, his newer one was pretty good, but I, I like the Tennessee it, kid actually. better. I didn't finish his stand up. His newest one he dropped. What's it called? Um, I don't know. Outside something like that. Most normal man or something like that. Yeah. He, I quit watching it. This is stupid. He did a bit that I had just wrote a week before oh. that was so goddamn similar, and I was like, I'm not watching this because I was so pissed off. Yeah. That was. Does a, that happen much? Yeah, it does, actually. He does a joke about how somebody, uh, he was walking into a business, and they checked his temperature, and they told him it was like, they said, oh, your temperature's 42 degrees. You're good to go. And he's like, that's not how that should work. 
because you're technically dead at that point. Yeah. And I wrote, I had that happen to me because I'm always in the hospitals working at LabCorp. Yeah. And some lady was like, your temperature's 68 degrees, you're good. Because they only trained if it's over 100, you can't go in. And I was like, I don't think that's right because I've been dead for like four hours according to like the math of this. Yeah. And I had a great bit about that and I never got to do it because I wrote that I was going to do it the same week that special dropped. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get labeled as a fucking joke thief, so. God. Yeah, that sucks when that happens. Um, the, okay, so the Tennessee kid, I think he's like, he's very, like, not offensive. Like, no, he's so clean. He's very clean. He but plays so dumb, too. He, no, yes. He's yeah. a genius. He plays that very well. He, he he's like Norm MacDonald. Yeah, that he's way. like, I don't know. It's just, is that what you want me to do? Like, But it's like. He's so fucking funny. I wish I, I should have went to go watch him this Friday. Yeah. I regret not going to watch him when I knew he was coming to Columbus. Yeah, he's he's good as fuck. Uh, who'd you got next? What did I say? Norm? Yep. Big J. Okerson, the crowd work sessions. There's actually two of them, but I'm going to tie them into one because they're beautiful. That's one of my favorites I listen to at least once a month. I listen to both of them back to back. Okay. How, like, how often do you think you listen to stand-up? Every single day. Every single day. I was listening to Louis C.K. on my way to your house. Like, if I'm in my car and I'm driving, it's podcasts or stand-up. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm usually listening to podcasts, but I'll occasionally mix in. You know what I did was I, I would go to bed listening to stand-up. Because I find, mm. like, especially when it's, like, not, like, the craziest funny, but, mm. like, pretty funny. It puts you in that headspace where you're able to, like, you're enjoying yourself slightly, but you're able to kind of, like, lose that, like overthinking in your head mm-hmm. and like just kind of relax see I can't listen to stand up when I go to bed and then I start writing jokes then you say so, yeah, yeah it starts turning the wheel okay so that yeah, yeah that it completely makes me excited so I don't I usually fall asleep to like like I like to watch like old history channel shows and shit like because <laughs> it fascinates me but it's kind of boring so I'm like you know after like an hour the into, slightly boring yeah. helps yeah. yeah I mean I don't think there's it, it's usually repeat stand up that I've heard like five times. Mm-hmm. So I know the jokes yeah. but they're still kinda of funny. That that's what helps me go to sleep. Oh, Watching yeah, something watch, brand I new. Literally rewatch all my I've seen all of Dave Chappelle's stuff probably twenty times each. Twenty times. Um, alright, let's see here. I got John Mulaney, Kid Gorgeous. John Mulaney, actually I, I was gonna put him on my list and I didn't. Yeah, he's I mean he's funny as fuck. I like this one because he talks about his uh, about the guy who comes to school to explain stranger danger. That mm-hmm. is uh, that the one where he does a bit about his college asking for money? Yeah, that too. Has a cow bit on there too about um, he goes to a wedding. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you no, buy the you buy the cow. Yeah. You buy the cow. Yeah. yeah. That that whole that's a brilliant. That's one of my favorite. That might be one of my favorite bits ever written. Yeah. It's so fucking creative. Yeah. Cause he's like, why would you, why would you, uh, buy the cow when you could get the milk for free? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, but you're going to all these other cow purchases Mm -hmm. and the cow's nagging you like, when are we going to do this? And then your cow's friend gets married and then the cow's looking at you like, when are we going to get married? (laughs) It's such a great (laughs) It is. It's really funny. Um, who'd you got next? Big J, uh, uh, Louis C.K. Sincerely, that's his new one he just dropped. That's his new one? Yeah. And you said that one's particular. Do you think it's better than his old stuff? 
I want to say yes to this stuff. new jokes that I like to listen to, mm-hmm. but they're all the same to me. Everything that Louis has dropped has always given like a 10 out of 10. Did you ever watch his Horace and Pete miniseries? Yes, I did. It's I thought that was year. pretty good. Yeah, and they only did like one season, which pissed me off. Well, I mean, he got canceled pretty quick after that, too. He was approved for a second one, though, and he didn't do it. Huh. From what he, I mean, he was in an interview talking about it. He's like, I don't know. He does that shit. Like, he'll get bored with the project and just be like, I don't want to do it. Like, yeah. he, like, when he did the show, Louie, I think he was just done. He's like, I didn't have anything else to talk about on it, so I just fucking was done. Well, that's, I mean, that's one way to do it. Um, I got Aziz Ansari Intimate Moments for a Sensual Evening. Uh, I liked old Aziz Ansari mm. comedy because he's just pretty funny. He does a bit where he takes his character from funny people, mm. Randy. And he just kind of plays on that. I, mm. I kind of like when stand-up comedians make a persona of a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I think that's pretty pretty funny stuff, usually. So I like that one. I like his... Um, I don't know. I like his energy, too. He's, he's just kind of always, like, very zany all over the place. I want to conversation with him one day. Yeah. Because he just seems like someone so fun to hang out with outside of comedy. Mm. Not like, let's go to the club, but like, let's go get like a salad and just talk. Like, I feel like I want to pick his brain. He seems like one of those most interesting people you'll meet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been through a lot of life experiences at yeah. this point, too. So, I mean, Master of None. That's yep. a pretty good show. I've just seen show. some of that. I've seen some of it, yeah. yeah. I like it, too. Uh, you got a couple others? Uh, next would be, again, Louis C.K. Live at the Beacon. Probably, I say all out of 10 out of 10, but this might be the one where I first watched, and I was like, I fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. This is my first one I watched. Like, I love this man. He's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And that's, Yeah. All the same rating to me, but that's still probably one of my favorites like of all time with any stand-up to watch. Mm-hmm. Live at the Beacon. Live at the Beacon. Is that like 20, what, 15, 20? Live at the Beacon might be 2012 or 2015. I can't remember. 2012 or 2015? 2011. I can't remember. So it's somewhere within that five-year range. Gotcha. All right. And then, I think this is my last. Oh, no. Burt Kreischer, The Machine. That's um, a good one. Burt Kreischer. Kurt Kreischer is not one of my favorite comics, but he, his energy and his persona makes him fucking funnier than what he is. He's just kind of a gleeful guy yeah. in general, too. I hate that he laughs. I hate watching him on podcasts sometimes, because uh-huh. he just laughs at everything, Yeah, it just shows that he's just a jolly guy. And that story of the machine is it's pretty, pretty funny. It's hilarious. It's a yeah. great story. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen some of his other stuff. I didn't love all of his other stuff. But um, I think that story spe- specifically is mm. fucking funny. Um, you got another one? One more Louis C.K. is going to be... Uh, no, this is my last one, I guess. Hilarious, which I think was 20... That might be 2015. 2015? Yeah. Is one of those... Never mind. But he's got some good stuff. I like, like a lot of his stuff. Um... And then my number, this is my number one all time. Okay. I, I just think like, it's not just regular standup. It's kind of like a one man show in, mm-hmm. in a way where he's able to, to weave everything into a story, but there's jokes throughout the whole time. Uh, Mike Bird Bigley is my girlfriend's boyfriend. Okay. I, I heard you mention him earlier. I was like, I bet she was going to, I was shocked he wasn't on the list. So okay. That yeah. Sense. Yeah, that one, to me, like, I've heard, his other ones are pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but that one to me is, like, everything's very connected, and it's, 
I don't know. Like, his ability to tell stories with really good jokes throughout just makes it so much more engaging to me. It's, like, entertaining on two levels, in my opinion. Um, and he's just kind of got a likable personality as well. Mike is a, he's a brilliant comic. Yeah. He's a very brilliant writer. Have you seen that one? I watched it a long time ago. A long time ago. I would say a long time ago. Probably two years ago. Mm. Has it been out? When did it come out? Like 2014. Yeah, and I watched it. I remember one. watching it before I moved into this house, so it had to be two or three years ago, man. Okay. I'm trying to, there's a comic, I can't fucking remember his name. He, he made a, I don't know if it was called Precious or White Chocolate. You would like him. I can't fucking put my name on it. He's one of my favorite comics. Precious or White Chocolate? Yes, yeah, so it's driving me fucking insane. Yeah, let me just write that down. Do you have a couple more? I did have uh, I'll, I'll text it to you when I find it. Okay. I had honorable mentions, Mark Norman out to lunch. I like him. He's got that dry. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. And then Sam Morell, I got this. Sam Morell's fucking... Actually, Mark and Sam have a podcast together, and they're fucking hilarious. I have heard of Sam Morell a little bit. He is What hilarious. do you think of Anthony Jeselnik? Oh, sure, I should have put him on this list. Oh, I see. Love, he's an asshole, but he's not. He's just an asshole on stage. He, yeah. His he, whole, like, I'm funnier and better than the audience is so fucking funny to me. I, I don't love his... You don't like his... I love I it. just think, like, it's kind of predictable at a certain point where it's he's gonna just go the farthest he can go. I love and that's it. he has a bit where he says his brother asked him to fill out a note so he can get out of school. And he did it and he says he needed a sick note for why he couldn't be there that day if he skipped school. Uh-huh. And he handed the note to his teacher and the teacher looks at him and says, John, I can't accept this note. And he's like, why? And he's like, because I don't think you have AIDS. And that's, so funny. that's a funny fucking that's, that's funny that's funny god damn alright well that that uh, is our recommendations for stand up specials um, that should be about it Chris thanks for coming on oh thanks for having me man yeah um, yeah any closing thoughts or no not really not I'm really pretty, that's pretty fair fucking boring dude no I mean I mean, I appreciate you Fuck coming on. Fuck cancel culture. Comedy will always be alive. Don't I, go out to comedy if you're fucking not wanting to hear a certain thing. Just go laugh. Yeah, I, I think... Leave everything at the door and just be open-minded at a comedy club. I think, Look at things from a, from a different perspective than yours. Stop being locked in on what you believe in. Yeah. That's my belief. Have some fun. Like, and people need to... I think if you are easily offended, you are setting yourself up to live... A angry life. Because I've heard people say I thought it was funny, but I didn't laugh at it because it's a, it's still wrong. Don't do that shit. Yeah. If you find it funny, just laugh. Well, and that's the other thing. Like when you go into it, and like, there's like the whole level of like viewing people as better or mm-hmm. worse than you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're able to kind of disconnect from that, and like, it's less judgment mm-hmm. and more like just like appreciating what's going on. Like, listening to people for what they have to say. And then, you know, if it's a conversation, you know, sharing what you think, honestly. I I think that's a natural conversation. But with stand-up, you're listening to somebody else. You need to be able to let yourself, like, kind of enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. Don't, like... I I just think if you're going to be offended by a lot of things, you're not going to enjoy comedy, so why go? I have a belief, I guess I'll end on this, that... 
if you go to a comedy show and you're an audience member, whoever's on that stage is always better than you because at least they had the courage to go up there and try to tell their perspective or opinion on something versus just being an asshole and judging. That's what I believe. I like that. Other than the word better than you, I would completely agree. But I think they are taking a courage, courageous step. They might suck in the stand-up. And like, they did it. Yeah, there is. I might, I might say like they're the one who is in a vulnerable position. Yes. And you should respect that. Yes. And they're taking a step of of like courage, and they're probably going to get laughed off the stage, or, or you know, they could succeed. But they're taking a very big risk, and you're not in that position. Yes, so both. you should respect that as a human being. Yes. Yeah. And I hate when people tell me, like, if you don't like something, I'd rather you tell me when I'm on stage versus talking to me off stage sometimes. We could have a conversation on stage, and I could probably turn it on people. I could make you look stupid that most of the time. Yeah. But if you have an opinion, just say it. Yeah. But don't hate somebody because they went up there and tried to tell you something. I mean, granted, it's not, we at least are, as a comic, Patrice O'Neill said, you get to attempt to be funny. That's all it is. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But don't hate somebody because they attempted to try something funny. Yeah. Because more than likely, that's not how they truly feel. It's just the thought they had that they thought was funny. Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, Except things, Kramer, a I lot of, what he was doing. yeah, he well, up. there are people who do stupid shit all the time. Like, let jokes be jokes, you know? Yes. And, and, and let real, like, sincere conversation be sincere conversation. And there's a difference between those two things. You can communicate, like, a message through jokes sometimes, mm-hmm. but there's a difference there still, too. This way, you go to a kid's basketball game, there's always one kid that sucks that shouldn't be on the court. You go home and be like, that kid, I don't like that guy. I don't like him. I don't want him on the court. I think he should be kicked off the team. No, you go, he was trying. Yeah. He was trying. You, you got to see Shane Gillis' new special. Nah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, and, yeah, this, uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, guys.